Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies out in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico get together once a month now, it's been, right? That seems about right. Just about right. We get together and talk about horror movies and horror whatever. And uh, we we've, we have a topic on every episode. And this week's... I always say week. It's not a week. This, no, not at all. No, this not This month's... This, this year's topic yes. uh, is... Our top five favorite slashers. Yes, it is. So... We have a little stipulations for it. We got a recommendation from somebody on uh, Instagram, on our Instagram, named uh, Josh Goes to Hell. Yep. He gave us a topic that is top five slashers, but minus Freddy, Jason, Michael. And then we're going to modify that a little bit to also minus like things like Scream or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Pretty much the mainstream. Exactly. So that'll be coming later. But before that, we've got some topics to get to. But however... How are you, Eric? Good. I haven't seen you in a while. I know it's been a while. We've uh I don't know why we haven't seen each other actually. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh one thing that Keegan and I like to do is play Halo. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done that either. That probably bums me out the most. Yeah, we haven't played Halo in a while, but uh we are big Halo five fans. Oh, yes. fans. I'm not any good, but I love it. <laughs> right. Uh I am pretty good. No, I'm just kidding. I'm terrible as well. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while, but I've seen a lot of horror since I saw you, which is weird because we usually literally just meet up to talk about horror and we haven't. Right. What I think is weird is how I feel like you don't maybe post as much as I do on Instagram. I, been, so I feel like you know what I've been watching, whereas right. I have no idea what you've been watching. Well, I've been a little busy. I went to see Blink-182 in El Paso, and then I also went to uh, the Vans Warp Tour. So I've been... On my days off, I haven't been watching anything. I've been mm. I've been out of town. Both of those are great, by the way. I love Blink-182. So yeah, I haven't I haven't been watching that much horror. And if I did, I would have posted it. But I've I've also seen right. a ton of other stuff like uh, Star Trek, Suicide Squad, Born, Jason Bourne. I also saw. Anyways, but this is a horror podcast, right? So we won't be talking about those yeah. films on here. I think that's it for our introduction. You know, we usually get to our what we've been watching section. You said you don't have anything. Well, I've been posting it all on Instagram, so you know what I've been watching. Right? They but know I mean, what I've been watching. Seen anything but slashers? That's all you've seen? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I commend well, you for I, your I guess service. If I'm being honest, I haven't been watching that many movies, period. Right. Me like, if, like if I've watched a movie, it's because it was in preparation of this episode. Right. I, I think it's because we're getting ready for October. Is it Because I'm going to watch horror movies all October. Hit us up if anybody tries to do the October challenge where you watch one it, right? horror film. I've done it two years in a row. Last year I failed where you watch one horror film a day. Right. And it probably won't happen this year. I might I might try it. Uh oh, we got you on record saying you <laughs> might try the October well, there challenge. There won't be another episode till after October. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Probably not till next year. So okay. Let's get to what we've been watching. Um I'll start with Lights Out because you did not I see I have not seen Lights and Out. I can't believe it's still here. We have the world's smallest theater in the yeah. in the in the like the idea that it's been here for two plus weeks. Maybe it's just waiting on me. Speaking of which, in our town that that sucks, uh, our local um, movie store is closing. Yeah, which is horrendous because we we go there and we just talk about movies and look around and look at the covers and stuff, and it's gonna be gone. I feel like it's like uh, it's called Hastings, by the way. I'm sure some of you are 
familiar with it. It's like when you have a death in the family and you don't like acknowledge it yet. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the phase I'm currently at. Yeah. Like, um, I went there today and I'm looking around and some of the, it's finally starting to get thin in the store and it made me feel bad. I'm like, right. dang it, man. But yeah, we love Hastings and it's leaving. Anyways, let's talk about lights out. I saw this, uh, movie lights out by David S. Sandberg, uh, produced by James Wan. The, the guy that directed it is the guy that did the short that got real popular on Facebook. You remember the lights out short? I haven't even seen that. You're out of your mind. I'm pretty, you have to have seen the short. Anyways, you know, the, the premise is obviously when you turn the lights off, there's this horrendous looking ghoul essentially. And when you turn them on, she's gone. Uh, so if the lights are off, uh, she can get you, which is obviously a great device because uh, the dark is scary. We've been as- afraid sure. of the dark since we were kids. And this movie sort of preys on that. And what I would say about the movie itself is that it feels a lot like the Babadook in ways Mm. where it is a big metaphor for a lot of things where I don't want to spoil either movie. The Babadook is a big metaphor for a lot of things and uh, lights out tries to do that. Not nearly as well as the Babadook, but what carries the movie is just this insane roller coaster ride of some of the most fun horror movie gags. Like I've seen in a long time. Like, I'm going to give you one example from Lights Out. So if you don't want to hear it, just skip forward 10 seconds. An example of what I mean is, you know, all the lights are out in this house and they call the cops and the cops come and uh, they see this, this ghoul. Her name is Diana in the movie. This, this thing in the dark. This thing runs towards the cops and they start shooting at it. But when they shoot, their gun flashes a light because it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's gun. It's a form of light. Yeah. Right. And uh, it disappears every time they shoot the gun at the at oh. the monster. It's like blinking in and out of existence towards them while they're shooting the gun. That sounds tight. Um, you know, it's hard to explain. I don't want to give you any more because that, and for me, that was the fun of the movie is those gimmicks. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, the movie's just a really, really fun roller coaster ride. Uh, ultimately, not a perfect movie, but. So much fun. I'd recommend anybody to see it. It is not, you know, perfect like The Conjuring, uh, but it is that level of like, this is expensive and really good. Mm. So yeah, that's Lights Out. That sounds tight. Yeah, any, everybody should see. I thought it was awesome. So our next thing is quickly Stranger Things. Yes. I'm only six episodes deep. Have you finished it? Yeah. I, I've actually watched it twice. Have you really? Yeah. Hell yeah. So why don't, why don't you tell me what you think about Stranger Things so, so far? So I remember after I watched the first episode, I texted you yeah. and I told you I need more of the monster. And you're like, you're crazy. It's all about the kids. Yes. And now that I'm six episodes deep, you were right. It's all about those kids and they're fun hanging out with. Yeah. But then what's great is we also get the sci-fi and the horror elements with this great group of characters. Very eager to finish it. Definitely in love with it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, like I I said, I've I've finished it twice now, and I'm I'm pretty much in love with it. You know, obviously, having said that, I know that the show clearly is just every Stephen King and Amblin Entertainment Spielberg. Um, did you see his tweet regarding it? Uh, Stephen King. Yes, I did. Yeah, where he, he where he called it uh, Stephen King's greatest hits. Yes. <laughs> um, in fact, I even rewatched. Pretty good. I rewatched Stand by Me last night. Oh God, and it's like so good. There's like probably 10 scenes from Stand, Stand By, by me, me in Stranger Things. And obviously Amblin, you know, E.T., uh, Close Encounters, all types of things. Um, Is Goonies Amblin? Yes, Goonies. Yes. Big time Goonies. But I love that. I love it's a It's a love letter to all those things. But at the same time, it's also its own really, really well done, really good characters. 
Um, I love the kids. I love the uh, mom who's Winona Ryder. I was really mm -hmm. surprised. Like I actually didn't like her at first. I was like, oh, she's real stiff. But as it went on, I like bought her character whole heart and fell in love with her. It's just so good. I mean, everyone out there, I'm sure, is watching it. It's a big phenomenon right now. Um, but I have to say the show's made for me, and I loved it. So, yeah, I'm excited for you to to finish it, for sure. Right, definitely. Why haven't you finished it yet? Why didn't you just tear through it? I'm just asking. I'm just, you know, busy with other nonsense. Skating around. Skating around, driving around. I got to ask you, how do you skate in 100-degree weather every day? It's fun. It's fun. So it gets me out there, though. All right, so that's uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, you're probably already watching it. It's freaking incredible. Yeah. I started Penny Dreadful. Oh, yeah? How's that? I'm one episode deep, and... Uh, you're I, one episode deep? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to speak on a show you've seen one episode. And I guess I'm going to keep going. Okay. That's, that's where we're currently at. I guess I'll keep going. I like Eva I, Green. I fell asleep during the second episode, but I will restart it. Okay. That is not saying a whole lot. You fall asleep during almost everything. Sure. Um, it's probably from all the skating. There you go. I'm tired from getting them Nolly Hills. He's tired from all the Nolly Hills. So we almost never have a news section on this podcast, but we're just, never. We're gonna talk about two things. I've got this the world's smallest tidbit that everybody probably already knows. Let's do that first. Sure. Uh, the Friday the Thirteenth remake announced its new director. Yes. Uh, Breck Eisner, who's uh, who did the Crazies remake. Mm -hmm. So that kind of has me excited, but then he also did stuff like Sierra and uh, the last witch hunter that I couldn't care less about. Right. I, you know, I saw the announcement and I was like, Oh, who's directing, who's directing it. And I saw right. it was Breck Eisner and I go, Oh, the crazies. Yeah. That was a cool movie. What else did right. he do? Oh, exactly. A lot of garbage. So how much say is that guy even going to have though? Like, I feel I like know. just from like what we've learned um, with how much they're going through just to try to get this off the ground. Like it feels like that's probably gonna be a headache for this dude. At the same time, whatever comes out, sure, we'll be at this point. It's I'm gonna be just exciting. Gonna be, I'm gonna like it. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah. I feel like we were. I, let me say it for me. I feel like I was spoiled by the remake. I'm like, oh, I don't really like the remake that much. I do like it more now, but like I kind of didn't like it when it came out. If that came out today, I would probably love it because like I just need more Jason. Exactly. I just need more Jason Voorhees. So. Very excited for that. Absolutely. Uh, you know what we haven't talked about? What's that? Ghostbusters. The movie? Yeah. yeah. The new one. Well, you go ahead. I liked it a lot. Whenever Kevin says that fish aquariums are submarines for fish, killed me. Yeah. I, uh, I, I struggle to talk about Ghostbusters because I thought it was fine. And on the topic... Keegan brought me a can of Ecto Cooler. That's true. Let's I, try it right now. I have never tried Ecto Cooler, so I thought it'd be fun to uh, have my first sip on the show. <laughs> Easy's going to try it. He's, he's, <laughs> go ahead. He's trying Ecto Cooler as I'm speaking. I probably could have killed the whole can, <laughs> but I felt like that would have taken too long. I'm going to drink some of mine right now. That's good. It is pretty good. I mean, it just tastes like I see. It kind of tastes like nothing, but it's good. You know what? Yeah. That tastes like Hawaiian punch. I mean, it's high C. It tastes and like I will sugar. And I will slam me a can of Hawaiian punch. I love Hawaiian punch. All right. So <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters, real quick. Um, I was really excited about it. I just thought it was okay. I thought like it was funny, but I don't understand why the movie's a comedy. Like Ghostbusters isn't really a comedy. Um, I'm not opposed to that, but I thought like, eh, whatever. And then the ending was nothing. There is no ending to Ghostbusters. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but just it's just... the it's not an ending to a movie, in my opinion. Just nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was fine. 
I enjoyed it. I dug it. I'm ready to watch it again. I probably I enjoyed it, but I will never ever watch it again. I ever. will buy the blue. Can't wait. Yep. Uh, buy the 3D blue. Hell yeah. Pick them up. Pick them up. <laughs> um, I brought the uh, Blu-ray of Jaws 3D over, and we're gonna watch it this time. Uh. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> so. Uh, oh, for our news section, the next thing I just want to talk about, which I am uh, very excited about because of the director, actually, uh, the Blair Witch oh, yes. announcement. So this the movie, Blair Witch sequel. Yes. So this movie was called uh, The Woods going into Comic-Con. I was very excited about The Woods because it was Adam Wingard. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Did we even know who was behind it? We yes, were still attached yes. as the woods. Yeah, I saw the the teaser for the woods, and it was just people running around screaming right. in quotes, but it said it by Adam Wingard. I was like, yep, I'm in, I'm in. I love Adam Wingard. Uh, obviously, you're next, the guest. He does. I'm going to have another sip of this. Okay. Go ahead. Make it real loud But you mic. keep talking. Make it real loud on the mic. You keep talking. No, make it real loud. There you go. That's Ecto Cooler. Yes. Um, Anyways, so I was very excited about this movie, The Woods, by Adam Wingard, because he's incredible. And uh, at Comic-Con, they screened it. And when they, they screened it, they, they said, you know... <laughs> I'm quite enjoying this. They said, you know, come see The Woods. And then when they got there, uh, the screen showed The Woods go into these trees. And then it came out and it said Blair Witch, uh, which is just great marketing. I mean, incredible marketing. I love that they... There was so much secrecy around it. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. And yeah, so we're getting a sequel to The Blair Witch. It's a le- legit sequel where um, it looks like Heather's uh, brother is looking for her lo- his lost sister, which is Heather from the first film. And uh, I rewatched Blair Witch. I talked about this on our uh, found footage. No, we didn't do a found footage. 90s. 90s. On our 90s and uh, that movie's still scary today. I still think it's really good, so I'm very excited. Are you? I'd love to rewatch it. Uh, I haven't seen the OG in a minute, but yeah, fuck yeah, I'm absolutely excited <laughs> for uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, I can't wait. It's a uh, soon. That's like September or what? Thirteenth? Yeah, that's like almost the most exciting part. Is is that a Friday the thirteenth? It can't be. Oh. There's no way. Well, maybe because that'd be tight. Why'd they miss it? Are we getting 31 and Blair Witch in the same month, or 31 is October? Well, 31 will be straight to VOD. So I thought it was getting a wide release. You know what? Call me when 31 has a wide release. Okay, duh. Because it won't. I'll call you, duh. On the Say. next episode in three months. February of 2017. <laughs> now, we, <laughs> we hope to be back next month. Yeah, so that's it. We're both excited about new Blair Witch. Absolutely. 100. So, okay. Which one are you more excited for, 31 or Blair Witch? Blair Witch. 31? Blair Witch, no question. 31 for easy. But it's Adam Wingard. Duh. You know I like director I Rob mean, Zombie. I like Rob Zombie, but I w- I'm more excited for uh, Wingard's X-Film than I am. The for Blair him. Witch will probably be the better film. But, <laughs> no, if, but, but if someone came to me and they're like, hey, no man, you can watch one of these two films yeah. right now, I would pick 31. To be clear. Like, I- and I wouldn't even like hesitate. <laughs> right. To be clear, I'm excited about 31, but uh, I don't. There's not a comparison for me. I'm I'm very, very, very high on this Blair Witch film. Hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, 31 is good. Um, Absolutely. I want him to get back to that Devil's Rejects quality. What I'm afraid about 31 is there's going to be shaky cam in 31. That's what I'm afraid of. Hmm. Yes, I feel like it might be some type of like style 
to like stipulate the carnage of the film. Right. But just goddamn, hold the camera straight, please. Yes. That's my thing. I'm not against uh shaky cam on the whole In a traditional film. But I don't know, we'll see. I I don't know what to make a thirty one so far, so right. we'll see. I just give me mean spirited violence yes. and I'm happy. That's all easy wants. I think you're gonna see that in his slasher list. Say it, say it. Say it. <laughs> I just want, I just want some titties. Okay. The, um, Ghoul Squad podcast. I just want some titties. That's gonna be on our T-shirt that yeah. we're never gonna make. That'd be tight though if we had some. It would be tight. That would be tight if we had T-shirts. Yes, I, I would wear my own podcast T-shirt. I bet you would. While you're then people could ask me about it, and I'd be like, "Check them out. Pick them up. There you go." So, I think that's it for our news section. I think it's time to get to our topic. That's what I'm here for. It's now time for our top five slashers. But you won't find Fred, Mike, or Jay on this list. Or Ghostface. Or Leatherface. Or Leatherface. Any other faces out there in terms of killers? All right, so I've been very excited about this topic because if you know either of us, I'm a huge slasher fan. I'm a huge slasher fan. You're right, both of us are. I love the genre, and we actually put, a, put it out on uh, Twitter to just ask us random slasher questions uh, from anybody, and we got a tweet from a friend of mine, Kyle Brim, so hello, Kyle, uh, and all he asked was, what top three qualities do you look for in a slasher film? And I love I- that question. Well, I got mine three right away. Me too. Go ahead. Titties. Whoa. Titties. Gore. Okay. What are your three, Doug? What are you looking for? Uh, what I look for in a good slasher, first and foremost, is good kids. The most important thing to me in a slasher is likable cast of characters. And that even can include people that are despicable humans. Sure. Uh, I just want, if, if, if I want to hang out with them, I will love the slasher. You'll see that in my list. All of the slashers that I enjoy require, uh, people that I like to hang around with. I think that's incredibly interesting that you say that mm-hmm. because when I watch a slasher, I'm always rooting for the killer. I mean, I'm rooting for the killer to kill the people that I like, but I don't want to hang out with despi- I don't want to hang out with people I don't like. And I could think of a couple slashers like the Friday the 13th remake. One of the reasons that movie gets held back for me is I just don't want to hang out with those kids. Like sure. I just, they're all annoying. They're all stupid and they just get killed. And it's not, I don't know. There's something about, there's something endearing about liking the people that get killed. I know that's weird, but that's one of my, that's probably my number one quality. This, and then that, after that, it's good gore and titties. There you go. But yeah, no, your first. Uh, that's my number one. Your number one will definitely play into one of my. Right. Uh, tops for sure. Real quick, we have a question from Dana. What's his uh, Twitter handle? Uh, Dana Andrew 23 There you go. He asked us, uh, as part of that question, uh, is Candyman a ghost movie or a slasher? It's oh, a ghost movie. Absolutely. It's not a slasher. And also, <laughs> why is it I know what you did last summer on your list? He's completely trolling us at this point. Yes. So, hello, Dana. Thank you. I know you're not listening. No, never will. But thank you for tweeting us your question. If you didn't, we would only have one from Kyle, which we appreciate. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, so if you follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter so yeah. you can get in on these questions. Definitely. So with those questions out of the way, 
Uh, I would also like to do our favorite parts of movies we're not going to include. So this is what I wanted to spring on you. Okay, damn. So what is, what is your favorite? Because we are not going to include Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, or Halloween films. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Friday the 13th? Terrific question, sir. Yes. Uh, my favorite Friday the 13th is Jason Lives, part six. Didn't it used to be four? Nope. No, it was always been six. I'm pretty confident yours is four. Nope. No? My favorite Friday the 13th is part two. It has been since I started the series. Oh, wow. Years I, and years I thought you were a final chapter man. The final chapter is the best Friday the 13th movie. If I had to show Friday the 13th to a new person, just show them part four. That's Friday. To He's me. killing me? That's the first thing you would show to somebody? No, I would show them a dead fuck. <laughs> well, you got me there. Uh, there's a movie with great, great characters. What is your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, gosh darn it. Yes. You're hitting me with some heavy questions. And it's a three-way tie, sir. Part two. I love part two. Freddy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Part three, Dream Warriors. Of course. And then, duh, seven, New, New Nightmare. nightmare yeah. yep. uh, what about you? My favorite nightmare used to be part two. If I had to pick today, it'd probably be Dream Warriors three. Dream Warriors but is excellent. New Nightmare is probably the best film. I like Freddy's Revenge just because of how wacky it is. No, that's why I like it too. And he's uh, Freddy's mean in that movie. But Dream Warriors and New Nightmare are like... Great films. Terrific, yeah. And that's like Freddy at a high. I agree. I mean, Dream Warriors is the final chapter of the Nightmare franchise. No question. Sure. And what is your favorite Halloween? Which should not be a question, but I know it is for easy. (laughs) This is not a question. Oh, duh. What's your favorite (laughs) Halloween, duh? I'm going Season of the Witch. Okay, take out Season of the Witch. What's your favorite Michael film? I'm going four. Okay. Four is great. Uh, it's one. I mean, it's one. Obviously, Halloween. yeah. One. If I had to make a top five uh, horror movies of all time, it'd probably be like one or two, three, maybe. Right. Uh, Halloween. Uh, so those were fun, right? Absolutely. That uh, was a good time. I have another topic for you. Lay it on me. Who's your favorite, or maybe not favorite, but just who is one of your favorite final girls from slasher films? Ooh. And you can include Friday. You can include. I'll tell you mine first while you're thinking. Okay. Uh, it would be part two's. I believe her name is Ginny. Okay, uh, yes. Who's uh, played by Amy Steele. I freaking love her. Love her in part two. She's the my favorite final girl from Friday. So, yeah, Amy Steele in part two. I'm going Sydney Prescott. Great one. I Absolutely. Mean, uh, Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Uh, let me ask you that real quick. What's your favorite scream? Is it, is it just one? Oh, my gosh, Dar. You're hit, you're asking some hard-hitting questions right now. It's fun, right? Yes. Um, Podcast supposed to be fun. Oh, gosh. I mean, even three has its merit. All three are great. People don't. I don't care what anyone says. All three are great. I've I've been wanting to rewatch four, especially because yeah. I've been watching all these other slashers. But darn it, I guess I would just say one. Yeah, it's just one for me. But uh, two is. I think two is like almost on par with one. One is a masterpiece. Two and three are just incredible sequels. Incredible sequels. Uh-huh. One is like a masterpiece of filmmaking. You know. Right. Um. And I think that's it for my topics. I have one more thing before is what I'm going to, I have a new section of the podcast. Are okay. you ready? This I is going to be great. Okay. I don't and know what this is. It is called Eric's arbitrary exclusions. <laughs> so because you always randomly pick movies not to include on your list. Sure. So what are this episode? That's, that's very funny you say that because I didn't do that. Eric's for this. arbitrary exclusions. I did not do that 
for this uh, episode. Okay. However, however, uh, I was talking to Dana, who asked us. Yes. Who, you know, Hello, Dana. Yes. And uh, I was telling him uh, about this episode, and I was telling him what films I were planning on watching, mm-hmm. and I told him My Bloody Valentine. And he said, no way. You can't include My Bloody Valentine. That had a, quote-unquote, big-budget 3D remake. Mm-hmm. He was arguing that My Bloody Valentine is too mainstream sure. to include. And uh, I disagree with him, but it was enough for me to, to think keep it, it off the list. Yeah, It's a great point. I think the same point can be made about, I'm not going to say them. There's a couple that are on my list that when we say mainstream slashers, of course... I don't want to say them. Of course, a couple of these are mainstream to us and to someone like Dana or to someone in the genre. Um, you know, let's just talk about my buddy Valentine. Sure. You know, my, my buddy Valentine, but it is not the same thing as Michael, Freddie, Jason, Leatherface, Ghostface, Scream. Not the same thing. No one's so, going to think of the minor. Right. When thinking of those characters. Right. So this topic is specifically just films that aren't those. Because, yeah, they might be big, but it's not the same thing as these massive franchises that have been there forever. I will uh, say different. every single film on my list haven't, hasn't been remade. I don't I don't think mine have. No. Uh, actually, one. Really? One of them has. Interesting. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. So, what do you say we get to our honorable mentions? Sure. Um, similar to our remake episode, I don't have honorable mentions as much as I have other films that I watched. Okay. Uh, why don't you start then at your bottom of your watched list? Okay, and I do have one that was just trash, and it WrestleMania. was and it was awful. WrestleMania. I will get to WrestleManiac. <laughs> you know drive I through, will. Drive through. Drive through. Drive through was absolutely terrible. Terrible premise. It was a Freddy origin ripoff. Mm-hmm. Just a complete waste of like early two thousands like cliches and tropes, and it was just awful. It was just bad. Stay away from Drive Through. I remember seeing Drive Through when it came out on straight to DVD in two thousand seven. Lionsgate, and I liked it then. Oh, dude, it's so bad. I if you rewatch have, it, I would have been fifteen. So I have no idea what I would think today. I would hope you would hate it. So we've spent too much time on a movie called Drive Through. No one has seen. So what is the next one? The killer in Drive Through is Horny the Clown. Oh, my next well, one better than Killjoy, the clown. I don't know, man. Ginger Dead Man. Did you see it is getting a Blu-ray release? I did not see that. That's Cannot exciting. wait. Cannot wait. But if we're on the topic of Stephen King movies that we want to blue. Mm-hmm. I want Salem's Lot. It's coming. You're lying. It's not announced, but it is coming alongside from, it at at some point. From whoever WB, whoever it is, they're just going to put it out. It is just coming out. As no a, fanfare. No, it's not like a Scream Factory or Vestron, which we cannot wait for. Oh my gosh, uh, we're going to get Return of the Living Dead on blue. Yes, and Bud the Chud. I'm Bud more, the Chud. I'm more excited about Bud the Chud. We're going to finally get to see Blood Diner. Blood Diner, yes. Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. I've never seen... Waxwork uh, 1 and 2. I've never seen 2. So anyways, um, let's do one more of your honorable mention lists, and then sure. I'll get to some... Actually, not do, not honorable mention, just another film I watched. Then do a couple more. Okay. Uh, Return to Horror High. Mm-hmm. And this it's movie... It's bad. That movie's bad. It is, but I feel like that's intentional. Sure. I feel like the... Because it's like making fun of tropes. The genre as a whole, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I almost feel like they intentionally made the the plot 
uh, confusing, but it was just too much of a deterrent to me, and it was a struggle to sit through. Sure. But give me Return to Horror High over Drive Through. Yes. I can tell you that right now. So give me one more. Sure. Tell me when you get to movies that you think are good, and I'll start doing my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, This one isn't bad. WrestleManiac. Cheerleader camp. <laughs> and I feel like this was definitely... Uh, it's like on par with Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality. Um, there's some okay gore, and it's pretty traditional in the sense that it's a single setting. And the kids are getting knocked off. Mm-hmm. Is that? Are you at where you think movies are good? No. Then keep going. Okay. So when they start getting good, sir, is a little film I like to call WrestleManiac. Okay. And let me tell you why I like WrestleManiac. I have never seen WrestleManiac. Uh, I think it's also like uh, mid-2007. Uh, Excuse me, mid-2000s. And the reason I like it, or the reason I'd like to commend it, I feel like to come up with the idea of a new killer an origin for a new killer, like what hasn't been done already. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything has already been done. And if you can come up with an original slasher idea, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And WrestleMania's, Rus- excuse me, WrestleManiacs is incredibly wacky, but it's so darn original that I give it props. And um, the sex and the nudity in the film comes off so sleazy. Which that, he loves. Which I love. So... WrestleManiac is definitely one that I enjoyed revisiting. Okay. Should I start honorable mentions then? Start your honorable mentions. All right. I've got one. My first one's a joke. It's Jaws 2. The reason Jaws 2 is an honorable mention on the slasher list is because uh, Jaws 2 is this really interesting sequel to Jaws that's basically a slasher film with a shark. Uh, It has all these kids that are likable, fun. They're all tropes of a slasher film. And then they get killed off by a killer. It just happens to be a shark. So Jaws 2. Not a slasher, obviously. You bring up Jaws 2. And one film I I don't have on my list, I didn't rewatch, but one film I've always felt like is a slasher mm-hmm. because it plays out very similar, very, the style is very similar. Mm-hmm. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But obviously not a slasher, but I understand. Right. Same thing as Jaws 2. Right. I love Jaws 2, by the way. Watch it if you can. All right, so honorable mentions, real honorable mentions for our slashers. Obviously, like I, just to reiterate, we are not going to include uh, Freddy, Mike, Jason, Ghostface, Leatherface. Okay, honorable mentions here are House of Wax remake. Mm, very good. I love that movie. As you've heard in previous episodes, we're big fans of the House of Wax remake. Um, not much to say other than it's just a really fun slasher. More of a remake of Tourist Trap than really house of wax but it also has like wax garbage in it love that movie Mm -hmm. house of wax fun uh i also want to quickly throw in here because it's not great uh mutilator fall break i was going to revisit that one but i didn't we're going on a fall break yeah not a great movie i just want to throw it in because it's it's a great blu-ray release recently and it's a fun movie but Mm -hmm. that movie is not good but it's fun and and the very end when you think the killer is dead. Yes, yes, yes. Great surprise there. Absolutely. Great gore effects in that movie. The very few that are in it. but it, Yeah, there good. is a pretty low body count in that film. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I want to take back one of the qualities I said I look for in slasher films. Titties is still number one. And I said gore. Uh-huh. Body count. Oh, sure. Let's get that high body count. Important. So... Another honorable mention of mine is, I'm just going to put it in here. Can we get a body count of titties? 
Like, how many times are we going to say that word to where we get an explicit tag on iTunes? Dude, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw in here as an honorable mention, You're Next. I love, okay. love, love You're Next. Uh, Adam it's Wing- more of a home invasion film. Yeah, but it's... I, I, I've, I really see it as a slasher, but I understand that what you're saying. Uh-huh. Um, eh, it's kind of both. I mean, it's people with It has masks, a final girl. It has a final girl. It has a cast of characters that are... You know, all walks of life and stuff. I don't know. It's a sl- you're right, but it's a slasher, right? Uh, why don't you give me some more of yours? Sure. Uh, my next one is Stage Fright, and it was the second time I've ever watched this film. It's probably been over ten years since I had originally seen it, and I had really high expectations going into it because it's the man who directed Cemetery Man, mm-hmm. and it's his Rupert ju- Everett. No, that's Rupert Everett is the actor. Okay, Cemetery Man. I'm not uh, sure how to pronounce his name. Michael Suave. 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 Yeah. And but you confuse me. That's that Delamore, 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 Delamore. Yeah. yeah. Keegan didn't know Cemetery Man, Delamore to Delamore was the same. It was thing. the same movie, yeah. And I guess he found some foreign blue that you're dancing around still, maybe. Yeah, I might get it eventually. Uh, Great cover. Keegi. I don't know. Who that, I don't know who that is. He just got himself a region-free Blu-ray player. Blu-ray yeah. player. That's the tight. Arrow release of the Burbs Steelbook. So your expectations of Keegan should be even higher because he's got more to watch now. Very uh, quickly, thank you to Andrew Sierra, not only for his audio equipment which we're using right now. But also, thank you, Andrew, for uh, the Burb Steelbook for my birthday. Oh, that's tight. Did you get Matinee yet? No, Matinee comes out September 13th. I cannot wait for that. Joe Dante, thank you. Yes. Go ahead. So uh, it's that dude's directorial uh, debut, and uh, it's about a group of actors locked in a theater. They are uh, preparing for a play that's just about to open and a killer on the loose owl mask. Yes. He rocks an owl mask, which is, which is supposed to be what the killer wears in the play that they're preparing for. So at the beginning he's dancing around. No, no, no. Well, they don't know that like there, there's like scenes, you know, where they see the actual killer wearing the owl mask and they just think it's that actor. Right. Rocking the owl mask. Um, there's some okay gore. I almost feel like if it benefit, and I just watched the DVD, but I feel like maybe the film would benefit like if I saw like a blue or something, like something maybe more cleaned up. But uh, ultimately, I I walked away digging it, but it didn't too much for me. It didn't do too much for me revisiting. Right? It. Have you seen the remake? Is that a remake? No, but I mean, have you seen that movie? No, that that it was a musical yeah, slasher, yeah. right? No, I never saw that. Um. All right, so my my next one is. I think it's going to be on your list. You don't have to say anything. Lay it on me. Um, Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon. So it's an honorable mention for me. I mean, w- one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. One of the most original uh, movies that I've ever seen. I, I only saw it in the last couple of years, and it blew me away. I mean, it's, it's hard to do that. And I, that movie is just great. It's use of like meta slasher and commentary on like why we would be slashers. I almost feel like that film is like more meta than other slashers that tried to be because it exists in a world where Freddie, Jason, yes. and Michael are actually real people. Yeah. He is aspiring to be one of them. Yes. Awesome. Uh I mean, yeah. And then it, and then like he it gives answers as to why there are those these tropes. Yeah, uh, in these films. Yeah. yeah, and it's wacky and silly. It's it, great. It, Leslie Vernon like setting up like traps and setting up how like they're gonna run out here and I'm gonna run here and but then I'm gonna show up in the window and scare one guy but he's only gonna see me but the other guys aren't gonna see me. Like it's right. just all the things that happen in a slasher movie. He nails he, yeah. 
all the first story windows shut. Yes. But not the second story windows. So they can jump out the second story. Exactly. Yes. It's incredible. Great, great movie. Uh, I want to throw in one more here. Uh, Slaughter High. Cannot wait for this movie to get a proper release. And the reason is I've only seen Slaughter High on one of the worst DVDs mm-hmm. I've ever owned. It's this Lionsgate 8-pack. And it has Bud the Chud on it, which is actually why I bought the 8-pack. And it's one of the worst-looking DVDs I've ever seen. And I just can't wait to see that movie in its glory because I think it's going to be really, really good. I agree. Um, I had the VHS like 10 years ago. You know, having said that, it's not like I'm saying it's going to be like the best movie ever. But I love slashers. I also like – sometimes I love mean-spirited slashers. Not always. But this one is kind of a mean-spirited slasher, Slaughter High. Definitely. And I love that. I cannot wait to see that in, like, full crisp HD. So, I, Lionsgate, Vestron, please put that one out. Right. Um, probably didn't have to put out Waxwork. Probably could have put that one out for me. Right. I would much rather get Slaughter High. But I'm going to buy all of those. Absolutely. So. I love that they're, they're labeled Vestron. Yes, can't wait. That's sick. We're very excited about that. And to anybody complaining about the price, don't buy them then. I'm buying them. Twenty seven ninety nine. I'm in. Right. Can't wait. Uh, give me some more of yours. Sure. I'm surprised that this just made it on my list. I thought this was going to be in my top five. The Prowler, which is directed by yes. uh, Joseph Zito, uh, the man who did Final Chapter. The Pr- The Prowler is the movie I was referring to that I thought would 100% be on your top five and that oh. would not be on mine. And that it was because you sort of tend to gravitate towards meaner slash like sure uh let's just i don't want to say the name because i think it'll spoil your list so never mind um i I just kind of found it slow again um it does remain pretty tense throughout the film um and of course the gore is done by uh savini Mm -hmm. um so that helps a lot but yeah i was kind of disappointed that it didn't uh give me that same reaction that it did in the past yeah I'm sur- extremely surprised by that because I thought you were like a huge Prowler fan and you love Joseph Zito. And I'm surprised what I have above the Prowler. Well, I'll be excited to hear that. But, yeah. but first, that's called a tease out there, folks. Um, but first, I want to throw in another uh, honorable mention for me, Terror Train. I only okay. recently saw this movie and it is an awesome slasher. Definitely. I saw it right after I rewatched Prom Night for the first time in years and... I really wasn't as big of a fan as Prom Night as I thought I was. And then I saw Terror Train. And I was like, this is what I want. Uh, what a fun movie. Terror Train is awesome. It has a great Blu-ray from Scream Factory. It was super cheap a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. $12? Um, I think it's still like 13 on Amazon. What, uh, Terror Train is great. Ton of fun. What I enjoy about Terror Train is how it's a killer wearing a mask. Yeah. But it's a Halloween party or it's a, like a New Year's Eve party. So wear, he wears like 10 different masks. Yeah. So he constantly changes and it plays into that same thing that I brought up during Stage Fright. You know, somebody sees him wearing a mask and they think it's their friend, but really it's right. the killer. There's this like... I think he even starts to park a girl at one point yeah. because she thinks that it's her boyfriend. There's this legitimately terrifying scene in the movie that I, I found extremely creepy. And it's where he's wearing this, uh, the killer is wearing this. It's not really a spoiler. It's in the middle of the movie. Uh, the killer is wearing this uh, lizard costume, lizard mask uh, thing. And uh, he's like about to bang this chick in this bunk bed on this train. Yes. And, uh, God, it is creepy because you you know it's not her boyfriend. 
it's the killer, whoever this is. So it is very, very creepy. Um, yeah, Terror Train's great. Do you have so, more honorable mentions? Because I have a couple more. I got I got one more film that I watched that did not make it into my top five. Right. Mad Men. Okay. And I remember Mad when I Man told Mars. you. Yes. And I remember when I told you that I was watching it, uh-huh. you had told me that you had never made it through it. So when you say that, I want to be clear. It's not the movie's fault, but I've started a couple times and, and I haven't watched it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to fault Madman as a bad movie. It never, it never caught me right away. And I just, I don't know. It, it's never really happened to me with the movie before. Like I, I usually just watch it and um, I don't know. I was tired those couple nights to be clear, but uh, yeah, I have, I've, I have not seen Madman, and I, just to be clear, I know that it's, uh, people love it and I will watch it eventually. And you know what puts Madman over Prowler for me? I, that's shocking. And it's something that is maybe overused today. Uh huh. Fire synth score. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. I love synth scores. Like I will just leave. I, I, I won't do this, but when I did watch it, I just left it in the menu because that theme is just so hot. Speaking of great synth scores, okay. Um, last night I watched a movie I had never seen uh, just before dawn. I'm excited to hear you talk so, about that because I've never seen it. It's not on my list. I just saw it last night. I got the Code Red Blu-ray. It's like almost thirty bucks, and it's freaking awesome, dude. Really? Yeah, I heard there's a cool twist in it. Yeah, I was very very worried when I was starting. I was like, oh, I hope this catches me. I was a little little shell shocked from my Madman uh, mm-hmm. problems. And uh, no, man, I, I started it, and the, the kids in, you know, I call them kids. Obviously, they're young adults. Most of them are like almost 30 in most slasher films, to be clear. Sure. The actors um, themselves. I have said to be clear too many times on this episode. I mean, that's the last time I'm going to say it. The kids are great. They're, they're a ton of fun. They all have like, you know, they, I love slasher films when all the kids joke with each other. Sure. They josh on each other. Hey, you did this. Hey, no, I didn't. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is. Um, and just before dawn, just before dawn has that. And then it also has like great sense of location. These, they go up into the mountains, uh, to camp and you just feel like you're there. Like it's just great, great location. You feel like you're up, up in the mountains camping with these kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they all get killed and there's some good gore, not insane gore, just some good, good gore. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, it, I was worried as well after mutilator, I like mutilator, but it's not like a lot of fun. I thought it was okay. Uh, just for Dawn was better than mutilator. Interesting. Uh, it's really good. I, I would recommend it. I mean, I want to have to be a horror fan of like slasher films to like the movie, but if you do it, I thought it was great. Right. Like I was very surprised even though I had heard it was good. So just before Dawn is great. Not on my list, but great slasher. Right on. Any more for you? No, next would be my list. Okay. So, uh, I'll run through these last couple. I think they're going to be on your list. I, I feel bad about these, but, as with any of our lists, these are just the films that we liked ourselves. So I'm going to name some classics here that are honorable mentions for me. And that has nothing to, you know, the, the films are, these are some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, my bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. not on my list. The original love that movie that restored fantastic with movie. the gore. Yeah. And that makes it that Blu-ray is out of print and it sucks because I want it so bad. So my bloody Valentine, fantastic movie. Um, Black Christmas. Mm. I feel bad, you know, but Black Christmas won't be on my list. Love that movie. Let's see. I think I have one more, and it's the one that I wanted to put on my list but didn't, and it is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay. I love Silent Night, Deadly Night. I watch it every year. 
Love Annually. it. Annually. It is probably my favorite Christmas horror movie if you don't count Gremlins, obviously. But I feel bad about not having it on my list, and I'll, I'll say that the reason it wouldn't be on there is because it just... I know it's a slasher. It doesn't feel like a slasher to me. I never thought about it as a slasher in my mind. It is. It is a slasher. It just... I like summer camp. I like summer. I like, you know, going places slashers, you know, where you, where you, uh, location slashers, where you go to a summer camp or you go out in the woods and get killed, or you go to a, uh, cabin in the woods and there's a slasher outside. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? And he's just like roaming the streets, going to people's houses, which I have no problem with silent night, deadly night's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It just didn't make my slasher list. You know, I didn't even think to revisit it because I felt like it's a popular film. Yeah. It's, it's not. Michael Myers, you know, level of popular, but I feel like it's pretty. I just want to give it its due because it is a slasher. It's not on my list, but I like, I'm like higher and higher on it every year. I love that movie. Love it. Um, I guess off the top of my head, I can't think of an honorable mention. Okay. David Arquette's the tripper. Oh, that's a, that's a great movie. Yeah. With the, uh, killer wears a Reagan mask and he goes after hippies, which, uh, actually would be pretty, uh, topical today. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Do you want to get to our list? Um, I will. Okay, never mind. I was going to bring up a few films that I was I thought it was interesting you didn't say, but they may be on your list. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will quickly say here, that was a great honorable mention section. Number uh, five. <laughs> are you ready to get to our list? Let's get to our list, sir. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first because I can be quick. And my number five is a film we've already talked about. What is Easy's number five slasher? Not including Freddie, Mike, Jason, Leatherface, Ghostface. It's a man aspiring to be those characters behind the mask. The, the rise, rise of, of Leslie, Leslie Vernon. Vernon. Yes. So I've already. So we're currently sitting in the dark <laughs> and it's raining and thundering right now. If so the power goes out, this recording will end. So and we're in like a 40 year old house. So possibility is is high. Um, if you hear any noise, it's because it's raining and thundering. But please go ahead. I, that would be Rise great. That would be Burn. great if that got picked up. Yeah, absolutely. So I've already talked. I've already said a few things about why I like it. Mm-hmm. But another thing I like about it a lot is it starts as a found footage film. So as I've said, Leslie is aspiring to be these big name slashers, and he agrees to let a documentary crew uh, follow him around and film him as he prepares for the night when he's going to finally start killing the kids. Well, when that night finally comes, the documentary crew starts questioning themselves, like, are we really going to let this just happen? So they decide that they can't, and when they do, the film uh, transitions into a more uh, traditionally filmed uh, movie because, you know, these kids are no longer filming uh, Leslie. Right. Um, and if this is any indication, um, whenever I posted it on our Instagram, you know, usually we'll get, you know, like... 40, 40 X, likes? X amount of likes. But for for... Uh, behind the mask, it was kind of low, and so I don't know if people don't like behind the mask if they're unaware of it. But I think it is just a great, incredibly clever, smart, silly, fun slasher. And you know what? There's no titties or gore in that film. There, there are true. some titties. There are some titties, but it's very low. And even without those things, titties quota. Even without those things, I'm still just digging it. Absolutely. Like I said, it was on all my honorable mentions and. Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon is, it blew my mind. Let me tell you where it blew my mind. It blew my mind not in the final moments of the film where he was 
the slashers that we know and love walking around killing teens and stuff or whatever. Sure. It blew my mind whenever he was like a week before at uh, this girl's workplace. Mm-hmm. And then he would just hide behind a trash can and then walk out and show himself and she'd get scared. And then she'd turn around and he would run and, and he's hide. not there. Right. And he's gone. That's, that's what blew my mind. Does that make sense? It yes. blew my mind that it was, he was premeditating these things that happen in slasher movies that almost are pointless. Like they almost don't make sense. It, it gives reason to right. why those tropes exist. That those are the things that blew my mind more than the, the fu- finale of the film. Right. Yeah, uh, it's an incredible, incredible movie. One of my favorite moments is he's doing cardio exercises. Yes. And they ask him, why are you doing this? And he says, well, there's that whole thing where everybody gets to run, but I got to look like I'm just walking. And I got to be able to keep up with them. Yeah. So it's just silly little things like that. Yes, that's great. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what more can I say? Um, didn't make my list because I've actually only seen it recently. Mm-hmm. But that's... In the words of Danzig, it's coming down. I hope that that was caught on this microphone. If not, uh, it is raining very hard outside. And I'm uh, hungry. I want to go out and get something to eat later. You don't want to record the podcast anymore? Yeah, just let's just stop right now. <laughs> go out in the rain. Drink, drink your ecto cooler. I slammed it already. Okay. And if I had another one, I'd slam that too. So, is that your number five? That's my number five. What's your That's five, a great Ralph? movie. Uh, my number five top five slashers is the town that dreaded sundown dude i was gonna revisit it okay but i didn't but and i wholeheartedly agree it's a slasher so as putting this one as my number five i i felt conflicted because there's a lot of slashers i've seen that i saw long before i saw this film and i wanted to include i wanted to put those in because i felt like i had more um personal connection to some other slashers but this is a Uh, good movie but yeah i thought i just Talent Dread Sundown is just great. And I, Absolutely. the more I thought about it, I thought, no, this is going to be my number five because yeah. I love it. It probably would have made my list if I yeah. revisited. This movie is, um, this movie is mean spirited and does have mean sequences. Oh yeah. Um, and that is why I like this one. It's very sadistic's not really the word more. So it's pretty drawn out. Like these kills, like yeah. he's, he really tortures it's, these kids before d- he lets them have it. I would say it's like deliberately mean, right? Uh, it's, uh, specifically, there's one scene that uh, I'm going to use the phrase blew my mind, and it was the trumpet kill. Yeah. That that scene, like, disturbed me on a level that I don't – I very rarely get disturbed. And it really wasn't because, like, gore or anything. It was just the way it was shot. But the way the Phantom sort of looks and feels during that scene while he's killing someone with a trumpet with a knife attached to it, uh, that blew my mind. You know, I thought that was one of the most sort of uh, mean kills I'd seen in a slasher film. And uh, apart from that, it's just a great, great slasher. And then it has all this stupid Keystone Cops garbage that you love, Sparkplug. I love Sparkplug, yes. It is uh, (laughs) silly. Which I find endearing about the film, but it's not why I like it. I like it because it's just a very mean-spirited, great slasher. Uh, Anybody with a bag head is is good in my book. Uh, The Phantom, Jason in Part 2, and The Strangers. Uh, Those are three of my favorite movies. Um, And, And we've already spoken on this. But the remake is great as yes. well. Also very clever. So, yeah, that's The Town That Dreads Sundown. I don't have more to say about it. Just a fantastic good, slasher. Good pick. Uh, I didn't see it until Scream Factory put it out on blue. Same here. And I remember it was like one of those films when I was like younger and being on the internet and I'd see the cover. And it was like, man, I'd love to see it. But it was impossible to 
uh, find. And so whenever I watched it, which was probably only a couple years ago, I remember sitting alone in my front room, lights off, and just thinking like, oh, God. This is creepy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it great is, pick. It's kind of scary. And uh, great pick. Shout out to uh, Jameson Lucas for uh, it was actually his copy. I first saw the movie. Uh-huh. Um, he got the the Screen Factory uh, copy of it. So yeah, shout out to him. Thank you for letting me watch your copy. And uh, yeah, Towns Red Sundown. So what is your number four? number four? Um, this is a film that has a blue, but I feel like I don't hear anybody talk about it. Intruder. Um, and what I like about this so much is it's a unique setting. I can't think of another slasher that takes place entirely inside a grocery store. And it's effects by... Uh, bait, bait 3D. It's not a slasher. It's a shark movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. The dudes who do like the gore on like The Walking Dead. His name's eluding me, but it's like one of his... Uh, Greg Nicotero? Yes. And so, B Is he B? Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's just fun gore, intentional humor... There's a bit where this character tells a story and it just kills me every time. So there's just like great intentional humor. Um, It does work really hard to try to throw you off the scent of the killer. And so I kind of appreciate that because, you know, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, I've got this settled. And then, nope, that wasn't the killer. Right. And also Ted and Sam Raimi have small little parts. And they're, uh, those characters are fun to spend time with. Of course. Yes. So Intruder. Um, I've never seen Intruder. Yes. So uh, would you agree with me that it's a film that like people don't buzz about? Well, I just told you I haven't seen it. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, definitely I mean, like don't. other people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is I would have seen it had I heard a lot of buzz about it. Sure. And I haven't. So I, I definitely agree. Um, sure. I want to check it out now. Yeah. It's good. It's fun. I'll have to borrow your DVD. My DVD. <laughs> Which I refuse to do. So what's your four, Doc? My number four is uh, a movie that will... Uh, you didn't mention it, so it has to be on your list. Um, actually, you did not post it. Anyways, my number four is Adam Green's Hatchet. There was a reason I did it. Okay. We love Adam Green. Yes, a little too much. We love Hatchet. Yes. I feel like Hatchet's too popular for this list. That's a fantastic point. It's got two sequels. Yes. Hatchet is terrific, though. I think... I, I agree that it is a little too mainstream, but I don't know. It just works. It work, It makes sense to me that it would be in this list. Sure. I don't know. So my number four is Hatchet, and uh, everyone out there has probably seen it. Um, I've seen it probably ten times. And, sure, me too. But I rewatched it for the first time in a couple years um, for this list, and just loved it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course we know it's good, but still to this day, even though I've heard him talk about it a lot. Uh, shout out to the movie crypt. Not that they're listening. Um, and how to get our quota in of talking about crypt. other people's podcasts. Also shockwaves and or killer POV. Um, I listened to him talk about it now and I got worried cause he was saying, you can see that there's uh, there's the plants are in pots. Cause, and then he, and then I recently heard him talk about how it was shot in a uh, parking lot. And I go, you know, I bet I can see that in the movie. Now they said that, you know, I, I looked a couple times to see if I could tell not really. Really? He just made a really, really good movie. Sure. And so even though uh, it does have like those production shortcomings, you don't notice it at all, at all. And yeah, so I I, I mean, yeah, it's not, not a lot to say because it is Hatchet. It is Adam Green. Um, you guys all probably know this, but Hatchet's great. Um, I love Joel David Moore in it. Uh, what did surprise me, and I'll admit this on the podcast, uh, I forgot Danielle Harris is not in that movie. 
Right. She doesn't show up I, until the sequel. I did not remember Same character yeah, as the final girl from the first one. I, I thought she was in all three. So, um, yeah, I hope that doesn't show ignorance. I just forgot because sure. I love her in two and three. I wonder why that actress, I have no idea who she is, why she didn't reprise that role. Uh, probably, Has he ever talked about that? Probably because Adam likes Danielle Harris. Right. I mean, who doesn't? Sure. So, yeah, no, she's, um, but she does a good job in it. I definitely like Danielle Harris more in two and three. Um, Those sequels are also worthwhile, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty let down by three. But, I'll, I'll give you that. Um. I think it's just because it wasn't directed by Adam. Sure. Uh, he certainly had a big hand in it. And I it was still, like his DP or something who directed right. it. BJ McDowell? I don't McDonald? know. Um, I really like three, but uh, it is not as good as one and two. And one is just a great, like if you forget that franchise exists, one is like better than most slashers. Sure. Almost a lot of them that we watch. So I think it's because there's a franchise now we sort of lump it in as one whole thing. Uh, if those other ones didn't come out, uh, Hatchet One would be, I think, it is known as a classic, but I'm saying it would be like a top classic if uh, if it wasn't. Yeah, Joel David Moore is a ton of fun. Um, Tony Todd makes an appearance. Uh, Robert England. Robert England. That's what's cool about that franchise yes, in yeah. general is he takes a bunch of old um, horror icons, maybe horror icons that you never care about, like the dude who played Leatherface in TCM3. Right. And he's got a bit part in two. Yeah, I uh, I love. I would just want to quickly mention a big highlight of the movie uh, is uh, I believe his name is Perry Shen, the oh, yeah. yeah the uh, the the tour guide. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes a lot of that movie like a ton of fun. I don't think you notice it. Well, I was gonna say Dean cool. Richmond. He's very silly in the first one. He's Joel David Moore's friend. Oh yes, he goes he's fantastic. With. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I he's. Fantastic. Um, in fact, as we say a lot of times, the cast of that movie is just so much fun. Yes. And especially Perry Shen, he makes that movie so fun. So Hatchet, you all know it. It's amazing. Yes, and we've already said this, but uh, the sequels are good. And the reason I enjoy two so much is we get more of like an origin tell. Yeah, yeah. And there was a point in time where I would go two over one, but I'm not sure about that now. I thought about rewatching two and three before this list, and I thought, no, nah, I'm going to keep it with Hatchet, but I'm going to soon. Uh, rewatch them mm-hmm. um also just a great little performance by kane hodder obviously he plays um victor crowley but he also plays victor crowley's dad mm-hmm. and he has a great little emotional scene he doesn't say anything it's a flashback but uh, he's really good in it so yeah we, we love kane hodder so hatchet is my number four what is your number three i'm confident this is on your list uh. i'm worried the burning Yes, it is. It is so perfectly formulaic. Yes. It adheres to every little bit that a slasher should. It hits every note. I'm going to I'm gonna let you mostly talk about the burning, so go ahead. And that's why I like it so much. You talk about the kids that are fun to hang out with, that goof off with each other and pulling little pranks on each other. And who I love the most... Jason Alexander is in it. Jason yes. Alexander with hair. Fantastic Jason Alexander. E-Dog is a crazy Seinfeld fan. And so that's probably, I mean, that, that's obviously the reason I, I did Larry David so was in it, it, it would be your favorite <laughs> slasher of all time. Um, what's, what's this? There's people with knives. Do you agree with me that it's a crazy tonal shift from when they first let him out of the hospital to when he shows back up at the camp? It's almost two different movies. It's like, hey, we're going to make... Um, can I say? Go ahead. 
Well, I wanted to say this when I talk about it, but it, you've you've hit on it perfectly. Uh, the first ten minutes is like a giallo. Well, I was gonna say it's like, hey, this is maniac. Yeah, it's like, like a giallo maniac. It's like it's ugly, and they're on the streets of New York, and he like kills the way he kills that prostitute. prostitute? Yes, yeah. it, it, you know what it felt like to me. It feels like uh, uh, New York Ripper. Sure, it feels like New York Ripper. And then it goes to him, you know, stalking the kids at the mm-hmm. camp. And if you don't know it, if you haven't seen it, about maybe, what, halfway into the film, there's just this terrific, gory jump surprise. Like, probably the... That's probably what that film is known for. Height of effects, jump scare, insanity. Yes. And it has to do with, as anyone else knows, a canoe. Yes, the burning. Yes. I just remember almost being taken back. By yes. that moment, like, holy crap, let's see that again. Yes. Uh, great, great killer, Cropsy. Um, I feel like I'm talking about it too much right now. I, you go ahead. I mean, I, I like it. I like it a lot. But then whenever the main counselor, we learn that he's got a tie to Cropsy, um, he has to go after the, like, nerdy kid Yeah. because Cropsy's going after him. And it's almost like, I don't care about this nerdy kid. So I kind of have a problem with that end. Like, the ending is uh, does not live up to the rest of the film in any way. Exactly. But, yeah, the burning is, like I said earlier, because it's so formulaic. It's exactly what I want in a slasher. I dig that movie. That was your number three? That was my number three. What is your three, Doc? My number three is a movie that will be on your list, I'm sure. Um, as we say, we do not tell each other our list beforehand. I only got two left, Doc. I know, but this one's on it. It is Sleepaway Camp. So Sleepaway Camp is my number three, and I feel bad about that because obviously Sleepaway Camp is like one of the best ever, and it's just, I mean, I'll I'll explain because I have two more films that I like more than Sleepaway Camp, but that's not to say Sleepaway Camp is not one of my favorite slashers of all time. It's clearly my number three. You won't find Sleepaway Camp over here. Okay. Okay. So not because I don't like it. Yeah. I think it's too big. Sleep. And we, and we had this discussion before the pod. Okay, okay. Let's do it right now. Sleepaway Camp is too big. But sure, the yes. burning isn't? The burning. Yes. All right, that's fine. I feel like if you brought out those two films, more people would know of Sleepaway Camp. It's yeah. the better movie. I disagree with that. But oh my gosh. I understand your premise, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Sleepaway Camp isn't huge. Sleepaway Camp has had three sequels. Yeah. So, if I'm going to include Hatchet, I will include Sleepaway Camp. So, okay. that kind of tells you what my list is. It is all slashers that I like, except for those massive ones. So, anyways, Sleepaway Camp. Sure. Uh, as everybody knows, it's just a great movie. It's terrific. Upon rewatching it last time, what struck me was how dirty it is and how kind of creepy a lot of the scenes are. Like, there's that chef. Sure. Uh, that like wants to um, corner Ricky in the fridge, something to Ricky, and uh, or is it Angela? It's one of them. I think it's Angela. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter to be honest. It's disgusting uh, because they're kids. There's a lot of really grossness around in this movie, um, and actually, the uh, owner of the camp, that old man, mm-hmm. uh, he is one of the main characters of Just Before Dawn. Oh, cool! And he's really good in that too. So I'm going to make Sleepaway Camp quick now since you sort of ruined it. Uh, oh, I ruined another one for <laughs> Kiki. No, it's just a, a great movie. And, you know, we all know Sleepaway Camp, so I'll end with, with obviously the ending. 
Um, but around that movie is just a really good movie. Uh, there's incredible characters in that movie. I love how much charisma Ricky has. Yes. I was going to say specifically the mean girl in the movie. Ricky's my dude. Uh, Ricky's great. But uh, what's the girl's name? The mean chick. It's eluding me. She's great. Very, very mean to Angela. And uh, Angela's great. Um, Felissa Rose, which we love Felissa Rose for obvious reasons. And she's really cool. Seems like it at least. Right. Um, So, of course, I agree. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp. I'm going to end it there. Just fantastic movie. Uh, insane ending, as you all know. And um, But I think the highlight of the movie is that cast uh, of kids. Um, their personalities are just too much fun. But it is a very creepy and gross movie at points. That ending has been spoiled for me before I watched it. I don't think it was spoiled for me. I saw the robot chicken spoof. Oh, okay. And when I still saw it, it still got me. Mm-hmm. Knowing it. I was still surprised by it. That's just a fun movie to show people. Fantastic movie. Uh, Sleepaway Camp is one of those that I saw a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I probably saw it very young, um, where a lot of these other movies are sort of newer to me. Where I say newer, I mean the last 10 years. I saw Sleepaway Camp probably, what, what am I, 25 right now? I don't know. Let Easy go on, on record. Okay, Easy's on record. We're on record here. I'm going Return of Return to Sleepaway Camp over parts two and three. Okay. Are you proud of that? I am. I um, feel like that's a distinction. I feel like those are two camps, pun intended, yeah. that people make. I know Sleepaway Camp parts two and three are beloved to a lot of people. Uh, I think they're fun. They're dumb fun, but they're not they don't elevate to any level past like, Oh yeah, I, I it's crazy. Those were made. This is fun. Um, it's not like sleepaway camp where it's like a, an ultimate classic. The last time I rewatched four, I fell down a rabbit hole of theories that people have with how one and four connect. Okay. And it was just a ton of fun. Some of the crazy ass <laughs> theories people have of those two films. Easy's rabbit hole section of the month. Return real, to Sleepaway I'm Camp. I'm sad you didn't have any arbitrary exclusions. However, you did because you did not include Sleepaway Camp. So that is an arbitrary exclusion. Or Hatchet. There or Silent Night, Deadly Night. There you go. Pick them up. Pick them up. We're on two. We're no. getting to the cream of the crop here. What is Eric Hoff's number two? Now, I know this won't be on your list because I know you ain't seen it. Do you want a cookie? I have a movie you have not seen on my list, so get ready. It's a film that you... Because this one's a screamer. It's a film that you should see. I have a film on my list you should see. Please tell me yours. It's a film I barely even seen. What is Eric Hoff's number two? came out December of last year on Blue for the first time from the fine folks over at Arrow. Blood Rich. Also another unique setting. It takes place in an apartment complex on Thanksgiving. Yes, that's awesome. Um, When the film opens up, it's at a drive-in, and... There's these two young boys. They're with their mother. Their mother's on a date. And the date just wants to get frisky. He wants to get it on. Which easy can relate to. But she is worried that the boys will notice. But the boys, they think, are asleep. So the date is able to convince the mother, kids are fine. Let's get it happening. So as they do, the kids wake up and they sneak out. Uh, They find an axe. And one of the brothers with no rhyme or reason, kills this man. So there's a crowd gathering now. And when the crowd gathers, the brother that killed this man puts the axe in the other brother's hand and wipes blood on his face and blames it on the innocent brother. 
I would have preferred not to know this before I saw it, but continue. So all this time elapses, mm-hmm. and the brother who's innocent breaks out. But the family still thinks that he's the crazy one. And the crazy one, who's been free for all this time, goes on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. And here's what blows me away about Blood Rage. Now, these films, more often than not, kind of some shoddy acting. Well, the actor who plays the brother, the innocent brother, is also the actor who plays the crazy brother. And it just really blew me away that the same guy does such a, does such a good job right. playing these two different roles. Terrific gore. Wacky. Fun, fun score. Yes, it is just... I don't want to call it a staple because I just barely like found it for myself. Burly. But burly. But Blood Rage is a ton of fun. Well, I I cannot wait to see it. And I, I've been I've almost bought it several times. It's You'll just, love it, Doc. It's hard to pull the trigger on those thirty dollar arrow releases. Sure. Um, but I'm going to. I cannot wait to see Blood Rage. So I mean I, I you don't need to persuade me, but was, that certainly helped. It was a Christmas present I got last year's. From who? My brother. Um, so that was tight. It's a Thanksgiving slasher, correct? Correct. So that's another tight thing. It's two unique things that we don't normally see in slashers this holiday season. I mean, can you can you think of other unique settings in a slasher? You'll be coming home. I've said grocery store and apartment complex in a body bag. Dark meat, white meat. Won't be carved. (laughs) Couldn't get through it. Anyways. So that's your number two. That's my number two. Blood so. Rage, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm dying to see it, so I, I certainly... Um, Good stuff, Doc. No, it's a hole. Are you ready for your hole? You're number two. My number two is a movie you have not seen, and I'm not going to berate you about it because it's very hard to see. It is a movie called April Fool's Day. Now, April Fool's Day. Now, I have seen April Fool's Day. But you don't remember it. I do not remember it. I so remember seeing the VHS from Carlsbad video. Go ahead. April Fool's Day. I can describe the cover if you would like me to. No. Okay, go ahead. Is a. It teetered on my number one. Oh my gosh. I wanted to make April Fool's Day my number one. I like this movie a lot. I've seen it like three or four, probably six times now. Does it have a blue? It doesn't. Oh God, does it have a blue? I wish. Uh, Unfortunately, it's Paramount. And Mm. for the same reason my bloody Valentine's Blu ray went out of print, uh, Paramount doesn't get care about their catalog releases the day april fool's day gets announced for a blu-ray you'll hear about it from me because i cannot wait i love 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 this movie um there are reasons that i want to explain why i like the movie uh but i do not i don't want to spoil it so i'm it was on netflix for a minute it was on netflix for a minute is that how you watched it the first time i saw it i saw it on netflix and since then it hasn't been on netflix in years um i believe you can rent it online you can you can vod it but it's safe to say it's not an easy movie to see and you should april fool's day is awesome now i am biased in certain ways the final girl is again amy Steele from part two friday 13th part two she's my favorite final girl in in that franchise and she's incredible again here in april fool's day uh has an incredible setting of these kids uh take a boat out to this island to uh, have this getaway with this mysterious friend they haven't seen in a long time. Um, and it has an island setting. Uh, they're apart from society, just to kind of set the picture of what kind of slasher it is. And then it's just a ton of fun. This movie has some of 
the most likable kids uh, out of any of them. I love everybody in it. And I'm going to keep it vague because I don't want to spoil the movie. All I will say is if you've seen April Fool's Day, you know what I'm talking about. But more importantly, I'll say that I'm sure people out there don't like it as much as me. But uh, as we say with all these lists, this is the one that I love. You know, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. I mean, you know, the lists are our lists, right? So, yeah, April Fool's Day is my number two. Teetered on my number one. This is one of my favorite slashers of all time. And it's weird to me that it doesn't get all the credit that all these other ones get. Um, so, yeah. I'm eager to hear your window. What is your number? Oh, Let's go you? back to April Fool's Day, though. Okay. Quick. Fantastic movie. Now, you are correct that it's been a minute since I've seen it. The killer wears a mask? No. No? No, the killer doesn't wear a mask. Is it a whodunit? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a pretty typical slasher. Yeah. Uh, but it's just amazing. I mean, you should just see it. You should rewatch it. Definitely. Everybody should see it. April Fool's Day is freaking awesome. And yeah, I just don't... There's things about it I don't want to spoil. So I love that movie. Oh, so number one's going to be the remake then, right? Yes. For you? No, no. My number one is the Prom Night remake. The worst remake ever made. I've never seen it. What? And I'll never watch it. Is Eric Hoff's number one... I love this movie so much, but I wasn't sure if I should put it here. Okay. And I even like texted you, hey, is this a slasher? Hey, is, this, it's is this okay? Alien. It is not Alien, but I feel like that could also be argued. Certainly, but Alien is, you know, that'd be it's like a slasher. Putting, uh, Freddy on there. It was my last year's favorite film of the year. Okay. And now it's taking a number one spot again. The Final Girls. Yeah. I love The Final Girls so much. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's about this girl, teenage girl. Her mother, uh, was an actress in the eighties. She's still trying to be an actress, but she just can't make Melaine Ackerman. Yes. She just can't find any roles. And a lot of people want to typecast her for a slasher that she was once in called, uh, Camp Bloodbath and how we feel about Friday the 13th. That's how some of these other characters feel about. Camp Bloodbath, where it's, it's just like a revered slasher. It's a surrogate for Friday the 13th, essentially. Exactly. With even Camp Blood in the name. So, yeah. So, you're right. So, the mom dies. and Spoilers. Three, and three years pass. And the daughter's kind of in a phase of depression. And her best friend's stepbrother is going to have a showing of Camp Bloodbath at uh, a theater. And he's able to convince her to come to the showing. And while they're there, after a series of events, they get trapped in Camp Bloodbath. And now, hilarity ensues. Now, these characters know exactly what's going on. But the characters in the film, they don't know what's going on. And while she's there, she sees her mother is alive in the film. Hot. And aside from the film being, you know, it has this meta aspect... You know, and it's funny and silly and clever. One thing that really appeals to me about the film is that idea of being able to, like, rekindle a relationship with a parent who has passed away. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to... Have you seen the movie Frequency? I have not seen Frequency. Okay, Frequency is, is, was a long time ago, Dennis Quaid. Uh, similar idea to this, actually. I never even really put that together. This is, like, a horror movie version of Frequency. Hmm. Frequency is about a guy that, that uses a ham radio and accidentally contacts his dad, but 20 years ago, his dad's been dead. He died in a fire 20 years ago, and he can help save his dad from dying in that fire. Mm. 
Uh, won't tell you what happens, but very similar to the concept of Final Girls. Right. So once they're in the film, she thinks if she can keep her mom from dying this time around, she'll be able to bring her back somehow. Right. Which anyone can relate to, right? Like trying to save somebody that's dead. Right. You know, it's a great concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so much fun. Um, and then you, you get that as a slasher film. Yes. And uh, it's just terrific. I like it so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm big on cast. Casts are important. The main character is Tysa Farmiga. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Tysa. Bigger fan of her sister, Vera Farmiga. Um, I also really like Thomas Middleditch is in it. He's from Silicon Valley. Um, right. And then Adam... Divine from Divine. Workaholics is also in it. That dude's very, very funny. And he plays like the jock idiot. Um, great cast. Ton of fun. I, I love Final Girls as well. It was not on my honorable mentions. Why not? But, uh, you know, it's another time where I knew you were going to talk about it. And it wasn't going to make my top five. So I figured I'd just wait for you to talk about it. Good stuff. Love that movie. I do too. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. So let's hear your number one, duh. My number one is a movie that if you're not Eric... You already know is coming <laughs> because apparently he can't use context clues. My number one slasher is the burning. And we've already spoken about the burning at length on this episode. So that we have, um, I'll just recap it a little bit in that, uh, specifically the kids in this movie are very, very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they have great, great chemistry, and Jason Alexander is just fantastic in the movie. Um, uh, Glazer is that that kid's name? He's the bully. Glazer's the bully, and the thing about Glazer is I hate him so much, but he's good. He's good as like the dumbest. Boy, yeah. He might be the dumbest person in a horror movie. Baby, I'm gonna get some matches and make a fire, baby. <laughs> I mean, he's like literally an idiot. <laughs> He's like a Neanderthal. Yes. But he's great. And uh, yeah, just great cast of kids. Um, I really like the girl, di- the girl's dynamic in the movie. I don't know any of their names, but all those characters have great interactions. Um, like uh, something I, something it di- I did that came up about the burning this time that maybe you've never thought of is this theme in the movie of like accepting a guy and like all the girls sort of being abused by these men at this camp, mm-hmm. but then want them anyway. I found that interesting about the burning, something that probably no one ever thinks about, but there's this weird theme of that in the movie. It happens with two separate characters. Like, I don't like this guy, but he uh, he's abusive, but I like him anyway. Right. And I'm not sure if the movie's even trying to comment on that. I'm just saying it stood out to me this time. I would agree with you that it's almost like, um, I don't want to say feminist, it almost feels that way, yeah. But yeah, I completely agree with that. It, it's, I, I completely picked up on that when I rewatched it. Yeah, it's not something I thought of before but upon rewatching it this time. I'm glad you brought this up. Because Why? that was something I wanted to bring up, but I thought, ah, I really yeah. don't know how to phrase it. Yeah, and I and again, I'm not even really sure what idea that I am bringing up, but I just noticed that there was this theme. There's two separate guys that are sort of abusive to these women, but then they, they like, still are give attracted in to, to them anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I don't really know what that means. I'm just saying that it, it was something I picked up on, and that's not really in any other slasher movie that I can think right. of, at least portrayed in this way. And I won't say if Glazer lives or dies, but something else happens negatively to Glazer. It's just like great because, you know, you want to see the bully have his right. comeuppance. But, it's, that's fun but when that happens. the thing about Glazer is he just wants to go get the matches, baby. <laughs> 
he's an idiot. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, great cast. A lot of chemistry with the kids. Um, I will say the ending sort of falls off. It's really not even an ending. Right. Um, kind of like I said about Ghostbusters. It's just, it, the burning's ending just sort of trails off and it's just sort of over. What I will say about the burning, and then we can uh, end this topic, is why is there no sequel to the burning? What a great happened question. where this movie didn't get a sequel? Right. Now, I say that. I'm sure people are thinking, well, there was a lot of slashers at the time. This one fell under the radar. Similarly with April Fool's Day, which I think is an incredible slasher, didn't get a sequel either. And this probably just had that itis, uh, slasher itis, where it just didn't happen. But, uh, man, the burning. It is oh, yeah. so good. It's it's like you know Friday the 13th level, and it just didn't get a sequel at all. Uh, you know, where in a world where Waxwork has a Waxwork two, right? Why didn't the Burning get a sequel? I feel like if the Burning got sequels, Cropsey would be, you know, a bigger eye. He'd be a, maybe not. He, of course, he wouldn't be Jason, but he'd be an icon. Sure. So it's just sort of frustrating it didn't get a sequel. Uh, another movie on my list that didn't get a sequel, Town Dread Sundown. I feel like that should have had one too. But the uh, remake is kind of a that's sequel. True. I know, but I'm saying in that era that they sure, came out. like yeah. a few years later. Burning, fantastic movie. Um, sort of a gem of that era that it's so good and it just sits in its own little spot. The other movie that we talked about that did not get a sequel blows my mind did not get a sequel. My Bloody Valentine. Yes. How did that not have more movies? So, my number one's The Burning. Your number one is? The Final Girls. Both great movies. Insane that your number one is a movie that came out last, last year. Last year. Yeah, that's, that, that, this is probably the only time it's ever going to happen, to be I honest would, with you. I would legit put that movie on any of those other movies that I just named. Of course, you, you had arbitrary exclusions. Sure. Uh, such as Hatchet, Sleepaway Camp. You know, call me crazy. I would almost put The Final Girls on over those films as well. The thing is, I wouldn't say that was crazy. It's just, it's too recent for me. You know, I need these movies to gestate. I've seen this movie like four or five times already. It's a great movie. It's so much fun. I need to pick it up on And like, I want to show it to people, but nobody likes me and nobody wants to sit down with me and watch another movie. Very quickly, something I didn't mention, but I did on previous episodes. Okay. What I loved about Final Girls was how much heart that movie has. Yeah. That movie, like, I'm like crying in that movie, which I don't mind saying because it's, it's very emotional um, journey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can relate to losing a parent and wanting a parent back. So it's very emotional. Fun little tidbit about that film. The dude who co-wrote it, his father in real life played Father Karras in The Exorcist. Oh, yeah, you said this on last episode. Oh, well, you know. So I think that's interesting that it's kind of like his like, response to actually having a horror icon in the family. How excited are you? About? For William Peter Blatty's Exorcist 3 release. Oh my gosh. We're, <laughs> we're getting a director's cut yeah, of exciting. that film from Scream. Well, I may have already said this already, at least to you. What we did get, that's already an awesome movie. Right. And so that's super exciting that we're going to get supposedly what he intended. Kind of similar to Nightbreed in that Nightbreed's a great movie, but it was exciting to see what that cut was finally going to be. And you know what? I, I watched the theatrical cut finally. And like... I enjoyed that as well. But the first time I ever watched Nightbreed, it was the, the Scream new, Factory, the Clive cut. Barker, yeah. Fake Cabal Cut. Yeah. So, I think that's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, I think I forgot to mention, so I'm going to mention it here. Uh, Hellmouth Kid. Hello. Shout out to him. He's a guy on our Instagram that has been very active with 
um, the Ghoul Squad FM Instagram account. So appreciate that. Hello, Hellmouth Kid. We appreciate you for liking our pictures and just saying what's up. You know, we we have very few people that listen to the podcast so far. And so I just, yeah, we're very excited to have anybody on board. So thank you very much. Also, Josh, yeah. Josh goes to hell yep. again. Thank you for this topic idea. We were probably going to do slashers, but you gave us a great little spin. So we really appreciate this topic idea. Yes. If anyone out there has a topic idea for us, let us know. We may not do it, but honestly, we, we need the ideas. Yeah. And what sucks is like the ideas I come up with are like too wacky. Right. And anything I suggest to Keegan, he just shoots down. Well, we need accessible topics like top five slashers, like top five remakes, like top five nineties. Do you want to hear my latest wacky Eric, idea? Eric's arbitrary exclusions. Let's hear Eric's arbitrary wacky idea. Okay. We put all of the Friday the 13th. I like this so far. Okay. Like we, we get pieces of paper and we write down each one, put it into like a ball or a hat. Okay. And we each grab five of them and we don't say which one, which five we have. And then, so we come up with our top five favorite random Friday the 13th. It's a, that's a fantastic, that sounds like a lot of fun. What I'll say about that as an idea is that I feel like we would just need a Friday the 13th episode of the podcast. And you know, I thought we could switch things up because what if I don't get a part? What if I don't grab part six? No, I understand. And no, what if I don't get part five? Let me tell you which ones I would get. What if I get Jason X and Jason yes. goes to hell? No. If I did this, the five I would pick out just to ruin my life for that week would be Jason goes to hell, <laughs> uh, Jason takes Manhattan, the remake. That's three. Don't you dare say new blood, sir. No, I don't love new blood. Okay. But it might be the one that I don't like out of the rest because I love Jason X. I love new blood. Uh, I also love five. New beginning is fantastic. Yes, the enchiladas. Is these damn enchiladas? <laughs> I think I think we might be trailing off on. And this here's podcast. another thing, though. If it's only five films to watch, yeah, you know. Whereas I always try to They're at least so do twelve short. plus. I mean, half of them are like seventy minutes long. It's not hard to watch Friday films, right? We're not. We could spice it up. Eric will never. How many? We could spice how it many up. Films did you watch for this episode? Tell me that, sir. Well, give me a second to, okay. to, to count, so keep talking. While he's doing that, I would like to tell you thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. We hope that we're getting more listeners. Um, if not, you know, we're just having fun at least uh, with ourselves. Uh, but I Twelve. Would, Twelve. So there's only 13 Friday the 13th films, and you watch 12. Why can't we do a Friday episode? Putting you on blast. Easy's on blast right now. Okay, well, here's my idea spiced up. Okay. We also mix in Nightmare on Elm Street. That'd be great. I would do that. And so it'd be our five favorite Nightmare on Elm Street Friday films. I don't 13th. even need to rewatch the Friday films. I know them by heart, dude. We could just do it right now. All right. Our top 10 Friday the 13th episode starts right now. I would rewatch. Because I'd want so to make sure I was given a current list. Well, I already saw what my favorite is. Number two. Your favorite is? Six. All right. I think that's the end of the well, episode. We might not get six or two. Okay. Yes. We're done. Tell me where you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Sure. I only know our Instagram. They're all the same, Eric. <laughs> Ghoul Squad FM. It finally stopped raining and I'm hungry. Uh, Ghoul Squad FM on Twitter and Facebook, where you can also listen to these episodes. Yes. Is that correct? So it if you don't correct. want to download our podcast from iTunes. Facebook.com slash Ghoul Squad FM. Instagram is Ghoul Squad FM, and so is Twitter. So very easy to find us. Uh, if you're going to follow one of them, follow our Instagram. Yes. Having a ton of fun. I think we should do another giveaway soon. Maybe sure. Green Room. 
Maybe. Maybe. Uh, by the way, I watched Green Room. Amazing. I've been on an Anton Yelchin kick recently, which is the best thing ever. Uh, worst thing ever, it's because he died. Yeah. <laughs> that is the worst thing ever. Yes. Um, yeah, Green Room's incredible. So I think I think we're good. Um, our next episode, I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. We, we have a couple ideas that we've had, but... I know none of these. We're not... Uh, we're not... Uh, we don't think far enough ahead in, in any facet of life, let alone this podcast. So uh, we don't know what it's going to be, but... Um, we should do it one month from now. And Thank you. Yes. Let me tell you what it, when it'll be. A month and a half from now. Yes. So, thank you so much for listening to this yes. episode. If you made Small it this Podcast. far. We really do appreciate it. And shout out to everybody on our Instagram. You know, I love liking pictures on there. And we like when you like our pictures. We post what we're now watching. And we post all kinds of stupid stuff. I think we're going to do a giveaway soon. And that's it for the Coolest Squad Podcast. Bye-bye. Tell us. What this song is. One more time. Tell the people what this song is. Okay. The year was 2006. Let's wind the clocks back to 10 years. Yes, exactly. And uh, I was a senior in high school. And Wide-eyed. Not really. Bushy-tailed. Because I didn't go anywhere. I didn't have any plans. Tell us what the song is. I stayed here. Um, A buddy of mine, Sean Fournier. Shout out, Sean. Hello, Sean. He had a beat machine. (laughs) And we would sit in his room and we would write songs making fun of other people that we went to school with. Okay. And eventually I would stay up real late at night. So in a way you guys were bullies. Sure. Okay. Uh, We would later even perform some of those songs uh, live. And they were a hit the first time around, but completely flopped the second time around. So Eric was in a horror punk band called Promenade. Hey, Dom, get in there. Well, hurry up, Dom. They want to get on their way. They're listening to this horrible podcast. So I would stay up late at night, specifically playing the Evil Dead video game on the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. And I would just start writing horror lyrics. And eventually we actually got people who could play real instruments. And uh, we had a horror punk band called Prom Night Girls. And the song you're about to hear, it was a personal favorite of mine. Your Uh, best. Nope. My favorite was Grave Robber. Nope. Uh, But this song is called Ghouls, You Back Off. Enjoy it, and thank you for listening.